How's it going, everyone? Jeff Johnson from the Gazette here with my compatriots, Jeff Linder and KJ Filter. Another edition of the Prep Huddle as we uh, get ready to hit week six, boys. My goodness. We're well over halfway through. Um, let's start with maybe newsy item. Um, looks like we have one school that is done for the season uh and it is not Travis Jefferson uh it's Postville apparently has uh pulled the plug uh either one of you guys you know tell tell us a little bit more about um apparently it was numbers and sickness and everything right for Postville to be honest I, I really don't know I know that they've had a lot of uh you know trouble um, fielding a competitive team this year and for the last few years. And uh, I, I don't know the circumstances beyond uh, the uh, plug pulling. Well, it's unfortunate, uh, irregardless, um, that, uh, you know, they won't be playing, Postman won't be playing its final um, four games, I guess it is, three games, six, seven, eight, nine. All right, I got to count, four. Um, Three. They're playing Three. Okay. Okay. That's right. That's right. The smaller schools play eight with the opportunity to play nine. Um, if you don't make the playoffs and uh, want to schedule someone. So um, you want to talk about last week first, uh, anything that, that stood out in either one of your minds, you want to talk about maybe the game that um, you were at specifically uh, Jeff, you got to see uh, Iowa city high. Um, for the first time, what were your uh, impressions? Uh, the boot belongs to the uh, <laughs> to the east side, right? Well, you can't uh, you can't spell impressions without impress, and I was impressed by uh, by Iowa City High, uh, very good team. Uh, how they've gone from uh, two and five, I think, last year to to five and zero, oh, um, really. Really, a big difference. Uh, this team is playing with a lot of a lot of energy on both sides of the ball, and uh, I can't say enough of, uh, about uh, about the progress they've made. Yeah, and a lot of confidence. Obviously, I think you're seeing that as well. Um, and there's some there's some dudes on that team, as the old phrase goes. Uh, you talked to one of them last week, and and Ben Keeter, uh, who. Is going to, as we talked about, is going to do the, the football wrestling um, double at Iowa. Um, but it's more than just him. And, um, you know, they rotate sophomore quarterbacks, Jeff. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and it works. <laughs> it works. And uh, uh, one of them, uh, I can't remember which one uh, it was. Uh, I'll look back at my stuff here. Uh, one, one of them really uh, played quite a bit more than the other one last week. Uh, and uh, did a really nice job, and uh, uh, you know, I I don't know if they're going to continue the uh, uh, the shuttle system, but uh, it seems to be working, and uh, worked Friday night. Let's see, it's uh, Tron and Larson, correct? Or, or it was the... Tron that was uh, Quentin Tron. It was him that uh, it was him that uh, I think he was nine for eleven. I think he was eight for nine in the first half. So uh, really ran the offense well. Yeah, and then, you know, when it's weird that I, I saw him then the week before, uh, and I would say it was Drew Larson that probably got more snaps. Um, 
including down the stretch and on their last drive when, uh, you know, they went and, and scored the winning touchdown over Dowling. So uh, just looking at the stats from that game, Jeff, Darren Richardson, 200-yard game, four touchdowns. Um, Joey Bowska, 450 yards and, and two touchdowns. So I think about 90 of those yards came on one play. Is that one, right? I think he had the first touchdown, about an 86-88-yard touchdown run. Okay. Uh, 56 to seven, un- unusual, um, you know, score, I guess, uh, lopsided score in, in that rivalry. So, uh, KJ, you want to talk a little bit about where you were at last Friday night? Yeah, I was at Van Horn for the uh, 3A District 4 opener for Benton Community in Mount Vernon. Um, Benton Community came away with a 20 to 13 uh, victory over uh, the Mustangs, and, and that turns out to be a huge uh, win for the Bobcats. You know, they've won four in a row now. They lost their opener uh, to Grinnell. Um, but, you know, that's a huge uh, a win to get to kick off the, the district uh, play, of course, in that district where, you know, you've got uh, Assumption, DeWitt Central, uh, which started the season three and zero. Now uh, dropped a couple games, but um, you know, and then you've got Vin Shelsberg that has a couple wins and, and just about five hundred um, as well. And that's who Benton uh, has coming up this week. But the the thing that really uh, this was kind of an ebb and flow game a little bit. Uh, Benton got out to a ten nothing uh, uh, lead in the first quarter. Um, Mount Vernon came back and, and took a 13-10 uh, lead, but it, it really was uh, uh, a drive at the end of the game that sealed things. I think uh, Ben was trailing with 9.21 to go. They got a second uh, uh, field goal from uh, Rotman. Uh, their kicker, who was pretty impressive, made a couple of uh, key field goals. Um, there, uh, Nathan Rotman, um, his longest was 35, but, uh, they got, they got a stop, uh, it was tied and, and they stopped Mount Vernon about the 35 yard, um, got a turnover on downs and then, uh, drove 65 yards, just, uh, a straight diet of runs, um, you know, Jacob Brecht. Uh, and the offensive line really kind of took over. Uh, they they were able to get seams, and Breck was able to run downhill. I think the first three runs were nine, seven, and nine yards. Um, and you know they uh, they pulled it off uh, perfectly. Um, steady uh, stream of, of runs between tackles, and then when they got to the fifteen yard line, it was Colin Buck, uh, the quarterback that uh, ran a. 15-yard keeper, and of course, everybody slammed down on that uh, that fake in between the tackles, and he was able to roll out and make a couple moves and get in the end zone for the winning touchdown. That drive went 65 yards and burned uh, about 440 off the clock. There was only 102 left for for Mount Vernon, and, and of course, uh, they weren't able to to get downfield. But I tell you what, really, really impressed with Benton's. Uh, Offensive and defensive lines. Uh, they've got very good skill guys in 
and Buck and, and Breck. Um, that, that's a team to keep an eye on. And, of course, you know, Mount Vernon's Owen Brazi and uh, uh, Trenton Pitlick are, are a very uh, formidable combo uh, quarterback and running back for uh, Mount Vernon. And I think Mount Vernon has Davenport Assumption this week, so uh, they're going to have to to bounce back there. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, one of those uh, you know you better you better bounce back or you might not make the playoffs. Even though you have a, um, it seems like Mount Vernon has a pretty pretty good football team. So right, um, very competitive district. So you yeah, really, uh, you got to make sure you get them when you can because you're not assured of anything. Uh, the game I was at last week, uh, Xavier shuts out Washington here in town, thirty-one to nothing, seven-nothing game at halftime, um, in favor of Xavier, and uh, the Saints just kind of own the second half. And uh, apparently, there was a little bit of fire and brimstone speech from from Coach Coach Dwayne Schulte at halftime. I, I kidded him. So was this in the Tom Capadich, Tom Good um, vein? And he said similar, but nobody could top those two guys. So. Uh, those two were known to to be pretty fire and brimstone all the all the way, but uh, KJ, I know you've seen Xavier. Um, you know, solid ball club. You know, just just do what Xavier does, right? You know, fundamentally pretty good, and um, you know, run the football. Uh, you know, uh, mostly between between the tackles uh, successfully, a little bit of a of a run game there or a pass game as well that that's possible. So. You know, solid ball club was pretty impressed in, in Washington, obviously. Um, unfortunately, this looks a lot like last season. Um, you know, won, won the first two games, pretty high hopes, and, and now the Warriors have, have dropped three straight and, uh, you know, shut out. So I think scored seven points only the week before. So um, Washington's got to figure out some things uh, offensively. A game at Kingston, uh, we're taping this on Thursday afternoon. There is a game at Kingston tonight against Clear Creek Manor. Um, Cedar Rapids, Washington, and Clear Creek, Mana. So um, doesn't get any easier for the Warriors. I believe CCA kind of cl- uh, climbed into our our top ten this week um, in Class Four A. So um, you know, I I'm not going to sit. Not we're not going to recite all the scores around here. Maybe just a, a couple of uh, of interest from last week um, or a few from uh, of interest when you look at Waterloo, Columbus beating Cascade 35-13, and that sets up guys. Uh, a big game against Dyersville Beckman this week. Well, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? A couple of, couple of top 10 teams are going at each other. Beckman in week, I think it was week three against, uh, against Monticello, tremendously impressed with them. Uh, they run the ball really, really well with only three yards. Uh, they, they all just try to out-physical you. And I think Columbus is a little bit more throw the ball around in my right. So it'll be, you know, it'll be kind of a tale of two different, uh, two different philosophies. I guess we shouldn't expect anything less than, than uh, a team coached by Mark Atwater, right? I mean, he was known as that, that tough guy, uh, that tough player when he was at, uh, at Linmar as an All-Stater and, and then his career at Cole as well. He's done a tremendous job um, with the Blazers. Was, it, was Mark the one that was the quarterback linebacker? Uh, yeah. See – he he remind he was like one of the first I think to have kind of that more uh, uh, QB LB 
role instead of maybe a D-back that you normally would see. You didn't, didn't necessarily see quarterbacks at the time uh, really play a physical role on defense. So, yeah, just like you said, J.J., what would you expect from a head coach that was a quarterback-linebacker combo? Um, and it was good. it's good to see uh, his father, uh, uh, Larry's back on the sideline with Coe. Uh, as well as a, as a defensive coach. So um, obviously Larry was a tremendous high school coach and a longtime defensive coordinator for the Co Cohawks. So, uh, and then Jordan, of course, uh, I believe is the older brother of Mark uh, also was a, a real good football player at Lamar and, and Co. So definitely a, a big time football family and, and good guys. Uh, the Atwaters are so, um, it's good to see Beckman uh, playing as well as it has uh, so far this season. So um, we're running through a, a, a few more scores here of interest. Northland continues um, with its uh, great season so far, beating South Winnipeg 20-6. to Nice win for North Tame, a 39-29 boys uh, over St. Ansgar. And, yeah, this is the second loss, I think, for St. Ansgar. But uh, anytime you can beat the Saints uh, – that kind of legitimizes you as a, as a football team to me. So um, I think North team is a really, really good football team there in class a uh, looking at it. Uh, also the, the game we talked about last week, a little bit, Sigourney Kyoto with a 20 to 13 win over Pella Christian um, in a battle of, of a couple of, uh, of ranked teams. Uh, you know, the, the Cobras just doing what the Cobras do, I guess, just, Single winging you to death uh, a little bit offensively. So, uh, Solon continues to roll 56 to nothing over West Burlington. And um, just kind of scrolling through uh, Lisbon, 28 to 14. That's a ranked team in Class A over over a pretty good Wapolo club as well. Uh, West Liberty, 41 to 35. Thriller over Monticello. Iowa City Regina continues to roll 35 to 7 over Wilton. Um, Marion and Western Dubuque. That was a Western Dubuque, uh, 41 to nothing win. Cedar Falls over Muscatine, 42 to seven. West Delaware continues to, to play well, 49 to 14 over Center Point Urbana. Williamsburg, as, as we talked a lot about last week, has uh, gotten into district play and really got rolling, 48 to three win over Centerville. Uh, we mentioned a little bit Clear Creek Mana, which plays Cedar Rapids, Washington tonight. It gave Oskaloosa its first loss. 48 to nine impressive performance there for the Clippers. Certainly uh, Decora over Mason city, 33 to 14, a, um, an interesting matchup there in district. Uh, Clint uh, Vinton Shellsburg with a win 24, 21 over McCulkin. Appella gave Newton its first loss uh, 24 to 14, kind of going out of the area there a little bit. So um, any other, anything else that, that caught your attention, I guess, uh, OABCIG, uh, going out to, to Western Iowa with that incredible, incredibly tough district with, with a huge win uh, last week. What gave Spirit Lake its first loss, right, guys? Yeah, there's only one unbeaten left in all of two, way. Eh? How about that? How about that? Um, that's – it's just – they just – and we, we said that was going to happen. They were just going to, you know, keep beating, uh, beating on each other out there. So um, – and that's kind of obviously what's happened. Um, this week, any thoughts? Uh, we, we also, I think there's, um, uh, uh, Davenport North and, uh, Solon, is it? City High. City High. I beg your pardon. 
uh, Iowa City High and uh, it plays Davenport North tonight, um, Thursday night. Any thoughts on that CCA and, and Cedar Rapids-Washington game? Obviously, um, uh, you know, City High will be a, a pretty prohibitive favorite, but uh, any, any thoughts on CCA and CRW uh, Thursday night? Uh, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, the one matchup I, I really am interested interested to see is the Washington defense and how they handled Ben Swales a little bit. Um, you know, Ben Swales, uh, kind of an all-purpose uh, a quarterback for the Clippers, um, has averaged averages uh, about 140 yards passing a game. Uh, also is second on the team in rushing behind Gage Freeman. Uh, so he's a little bit of a dual threat. Talked to uh, Clippers coach uh, Matt Hattie uh, earlier. He talked about the progression that uh, Swales has had. Um, one of the biggest thing is, is decision-making. And he's kind of getting a, a – a better grasp on when to tuck and run, when to move the pocket, uh, when to try to take advantage of big plays, and it's been paying off. Um, you know, in addition to his passing, um, he's had uh, touchdown runs over 45 yards in each of the last two games against, uh, I believe, Oskaloosa and Liberty. So uh, the Washington defense is definitely a strength. Uh, for the Warriors, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle uh, what Swales brings to the table, especially with uh, a run pass option. Then we look at let's turn to Friday night. Then uh, in town we have a huge game when, with Cedar Rapids Kennedy hosting Cedar Falls. Um, Cougars, of course, are undefeated. I believe we have them ranked number two. Uh, and Cedar Falls also in our, our top ten uh, has a loss from earlier in the season. Jeff, you're gonna you're gonna be at that game. Um, you know, maybe give us a little bit of a uh, of a sneak preview and and maybe what to look for there. Maybe you need to watch out for the trick plays. Falls through at Prairie. Big uh, big test for Kennedy. I think it's they're probably their their toughest test left. Um, just looking here at their schedule. Five A Kennedy. If they can, yeah, if they can get through this one, they should. <coughs> excuse me, win their next three, and uh, you know, nine and zero would be a heck of a season for them. Obviously, um, Cedar Falls. Uh, you saw them against Prairie. Um, you know, you pr might have a little bit better handle and what to expect in this one. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, Cedar Falls has some, some really good athletes. Imagine that it seems to be a, a yearly thing, but, um, you know, Hunter Jacobson's the quarterback, uh, and he's kind of a dual threat. He can, he can scramble for some yards and also throw it. He's the son of, of Northern Iowa men's basketball coach, Ben Jacobson, of course. And, uh, then there's there's Trey Campbell, uh, an outstanding wide receiver for him. He's he's got great speed. He's another guy I think that's going to go play basketball in college as well. Um, you know, just a typical Cedar Falls team has some good athletes, uh, very well coached. Um, you know, uh, it, to me it's interesting. Or, or guys, I don't know what you think, but Kennedy really hasn't established the run all that great um, so far this season, which is 
you know, so unusual because it's been such a, a successful run heavy team, you know, the previous, what, three or four seasons. So, um, you know, especially with those athletes that Cedar Falls can throw out there, uh, I think it's pretty important maybe for, for Kennedy to establish the running game. What do you think? I think so. I'm just kind of looking here. I think uh, Jazan Williams has had a pretty nice year. Is he yeah. up around four or 500 yards? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it seems like um, it's to me, I, I guess I've seen Kennedy a couple of times. This has kind of been a little bit hit and miss that way um, with the consistency. Yeah, the of the run bunches. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. KJ. So. Um, and they've had more of a passing game. So maybe they're just a little bit more balanced. That's true. And, you know, whatever. I think that's a good point, Lindy. I, I, I think uh, especially against Washington, uh, that was one of the things they were really kind of excited about, the fact that they were able to mix things up, and that's when they're at their best. And, uh, J.J., I think you're dead on. They need to make sure they establish the run uh, because that's what's going to allow them to open things up. You know, they're starting to get a playmaker uh, with Brendan Lindy. You've got drawn centers, uh, you know, you got a couple other targets. So if, you, if they don't get that run going and they end up sitting at, you know, second and nine, third and seven, third and eight, uh, Cedar Falls is too good of a program to be able to thrive in situations like that. So if they don't establish the run, I don't think uh, that passing game is going to uh, be enough to – kind of bail them out yeah so it could be a long night yeah 659 yards rushing they've got uh, as a team through four games not five so uh 659 rushing 653 passing so that's uh that's, that's uh, pretty pretty good balance and about four yards of carry so it, it might be a little bit hit and miss just like you said um elsewhere in town uh out at or out at pella cedar rapids xavier and pella and and boys that's just a, a game that um, you know, they, they seem to always meet deep in the playoffs, including what a championship game that, that, you know, I think I'll always remember. I think Pella won on the very last play of the game on a pass, uh, to win the three, a state championship about five years ago or so, yeah. uh, you know, Pella seems to, to kind of, you know, big win last week. Um, that's an incredibly tough district, as we said, any thoughts on, on the Xavier Fel uh, Pella matchup? I think it's just going to be another really good ball game. Uh, you know, I think it'll be a physical game. Uh, probably go down to the wire. Um, might come down to the defenses. Can we say nope. slobber knocker on our podcast? There you go. Hey, there's always room. That? Always room um, for the word slobber knocker. <laughs> I, I think that's what we're going to see. I think it's going to be one of those typical Xavier Pella slugfests. Um, elsewhere in town, we've got uh, Marion is at a very good uh, Waverly Shell Rock team trying to rebound from a loss last week. Cedar Rapids Prairie on the road uh, against Waterloo West. The Hawks, of course, um, what coming off uh, uh, a non-game <laughs> last week had had the open week with with a tumble forfeiting uh, because of, of COVID and, and low numbers and. You know, uh, speak of that double, uh, a tumble in Cedar Rapids, Jefferson uh, play each other at a tumble um, tomorrow night, Friday night as well. Um, interested to, you know, Western Dubuque, Decorah. 
uh, I think will be a good matchup, right, boys? Um, on tomorrow or tomorrow night, Friday night. Um, kind of looking at uh, uh, Solon's at Washington, Iowa, or Mount Vernon, and Davenport Assumption at Mount Vernon. That's a game that I'll be at. Iowa City West hosts uh, Davenport Central. Uh, we told you Jeff will be where Jeff will be. KJ, where are you going to be tomorrow night? Uh, Williamsburg. I will be at Mid Prairie Williamsburg. Okay. Okay. So I'll uh, be down there. Uh, you know, uh, the records may not be real exciting two and two, one and three, but I think we'll have a pretty competitive uh, game actually between those two. And we talked about on the four downs. Uh, hopefully you read that either in the in the newspaper or online. Um, Linmar and Southeast Polk tomorrow night. The Lions, of course, have gotten off to a surprising 5-0 and start and, uh, you know, kind of a litmus test uh, at Southeast Polk, which uh, has lost a game, um, but is still, uh, you know, certainly one of the best, if not the best uh, teams in, in 5A. In uh, the question, I guess KJ asked us on the four downs was: Is this uh, is this a true indication of will this be uh, a true indication of if Eastern Iowa has caught up to Central Iowa at the big school level? So, what say you guys on that? Uh, I think I I kind of rode the fence a little bit. I said yes and no, um, and I, I think the biggest reason is. You know, the regular season only shows us so much. Um, you know, I, I think we, I think we've all seen that the postseason is a different ball game. So uh, that'll be the true test. But right now, you've had, uh, you know, City High with a win over over maybe a little bit of a down Dowling program. Uh, if Linmar is competitive, I think it might show. Uh, you know, that the programs in Eastern Iowa have caught up a little bit. Um, you know, if it isn't, uh, but you have to take it with a grain of salt, uh, with that postseason point. Um, if, if they get, uh, you know, if they get handled or if it's not a competitive game, I think we're still in the same situation where those top five, six programs and, you know, Central Iowa are, are still, you know, uh, a level above what we have in, in Eastern Iowa. And, you know, the interesting thing is the, the four unbeaten or the three unbeaten teams in, uh, in Class 5A are in our area, you know, with Kennedy, Lamar, and City High. So we'll see if there's anything – to those starts for those three programs when Linmar heads over there, assuming everybody's healthy, everybody's on the field, um, and it would be a good gauge. And uh, I think Prairie and Southeast Polk still have to play as well, correct? Correct. Okay. So, I mean, that, yeah, you know, like KJ said, I mean, it, I don't think you can take any true conclusion out of just one football game, but you know, maybe a little body of work there where, where it's maybe three or four games and, and somehow Eastern Iowa was able to, uh, you know, to compete and, and maybe win a, a couple, three of those games. And, uh, 
you know, maybe, maybe that's a trend. So uh, I still think just my opinion, uh, you got to beat them in the postseason. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's where it's most important. And uh, that's where everyone, you know, is, is playing its best. So that's just, uh, I guess my opinion, Jeff, you know, you, you've been going through the, the RPIs on this, um, you know, in five, a, what kind of, what's your opinion and, and maybe talk a little bit about what you've been able to, you know, to put together when it comes to the RPI in, in 5A? Well, the three teams that you talked about, three amazing teams, uh, Kennedy, City High, and Lindmar, uh, right now they're one, two, and four. Uh, City High's four. Uh, South East both jumped over them this week. But, uh, you know, because they're 5-0, and oh, their strength of schedule is a little lower just because the teams that they're beating – have, have more losses because it's, it's just simple math. I mean, they're getting more losses because they're getting beat by the teams that are five and zero. So um, I think what's going to happen is I wouldn't be surprised if maybe like the Southeast Bowl, even if the Eastern Iowa teams finish nine and zero, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Southeast Bowl or the Ankeny ends up as the the number one RPI team here within a couple, three weeks. And certainly by the end, by the time we get to, to week nine, just because of the strength of schedule, you know, they're playing so many good teams and uh, uh, loss or two is not going to hurt. Uh, I think uh, Kennedy, if they would go 9-0 and, and possibly City High as well, uh, they might be able to host to the semifinals, you know, two, two rounds, uh, round one and round two. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think it's going to take 9-0 and for one of those teams to get a top four seed. Um, you know, how about, how about the rest of the playoffs? Um, you know, I, Jeff, maybe I'll, I'll go back to you here. Um, maybe tell the folks, uh, if they're not aware, how the, how the field's set, um, you know, for, uh, you know, 4A on down. And, and as you mentioned a little earlier here in our podcast, it uh, – the smaller classes, they're uh, they're just about done with the regular season, getting eight games instead of nine. Right, four A and three A are the same. Uh, the top two in each district are on qualifiers, and then it's the top four statewide via RPI. So I'm going to make a prediction here. Ohio City Liberty is zero and five right now. I'm going to say they win their last four, and make the playoffs. That's a seventeen out of that district. Oh. Uh, the, the strength of the, of the uh, you know, the main grinder part of their schedule is over. They should be favored in their last four. And if they went all four, they're going to get an automatic bid. Uh, same, same scenario in 3A. Uh, 2A and 1A, I believe it's just top four teams out of every district, right? For 32, yeah. team, 32 yeah. teams qualifying. Uh, I think it's the same with Class A. Eight player is 32 teams uh, top three plus out of each district plus two teams statewide that uh, I think that that's the old 17 point rule instead of RPI. So I, I don't know why that's different than, than the others, but it is. So, so yeah, two weeks to go. Uh, we've got a few teams that have already clinched playoff groups in the small schools. I think Lisbon is in, Belplane is in, and we're going to get a lot more eight player A, uh, and maybe some more one and two A teams that are going to qualify this weekend. Boy, that's an interesting point about Iowa City Liberty, and just kind of looking at the schedule. I mean, you hit it right on the head, Jeff. It's 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 something uh, when you look at the the non district games. 
Iowa City High, Linmar, uh, Western Dubuque, Clear Creek Man, and North Scott. Uh, holy cow, <laughs> that's that's running the gauntlet. And then when you when you talk about um, you know district, the rest of the district play here, it's Mount Pleasant, Fort Madison, Burlington, and Clinton. And uh, you know, not saying that any of those games will be easy because they won't. But uh, as you mentioned, I mean that's certainly winnable. Um, so you know, a lot to play for there for for Coach Harris and his first. His first year uh, up at Iowa City Liberty. Uh, yeah. from- uh, they must have a fine ball club. Burlington's 4-1. Uh, certainly neither of those teams have played the schedule that Liberty has. So uh, those won't be easy games, but I think they're certainly winnable games. Guys, another thing I'm, uh, I'm going to, um, you know, piggyback on that, that KJ does such a great job with, with, the, uh, with the four questions each week is uh, kind of our midseason – uh, MVPs individual wise. And, you know, I'd kind of like to, to have you guys talk a little bit about what you picked there. And then I'll, uh, uh, I'll tell everybody what I said as well. Uh, who, who are your, you know, mid season quote unquote, uh, individual MVPs. I took the easy route. And I went with Eddie Burgess, Mr. <laughs> Touchdown. I love that name, Mr. Touch. I think that's what we should just call him from now on. Mr. Touchdown. Why not? Enjoy the show. <laughs> KJ? Well, obviously, uh, Burgess is, is an excellent pick, but I just thought I'd go just in a different direction and figured somebody else would, would touch on uh, uh, Burgess. Uh, I went with Independence's Marcus Beatty. Um, and one of the reasons why is because, you know, the team is, is ranked high. Uh, they're off to a great start. But just looking at how much he produces for that team, um, just kind of looking, I, I think he accounts for like 92% of their rushing yards um, and a similar percentage of their rushing touchdowns. Um, he's like two-thirds of their entire offensive yardage production um, and 60% of their offensive scores. You know, um, I think the team as a whole – uh, it's ranked sixth, and in, in they've scored 191 points here in, in five games, and uh, he's produced a little more than half of that. Um, I, I mean, that's just uh, exceptional. Uh, he leads 11 player uh, football with 1,262 uh, rushing yards, and that's good for second overall in the entire state in, in all classes, uh, third in all purpose yardage. Um, including eight players. So uh, I went with Marcus Beatty. Uh, Nathan Ford, um, who's, uh, you know, helps post and, and kind of produce, quote unquote, our show, went with Ben Keeter of City High and, and pointed out that, uh, you know, his influence on that team, both defensively and offensively, has been um, very significant. And and obviously we know that, that City High has, has really had a, our turnaround season and is is uh, an undefeated ball club. So I thought that was that was another good answer. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of went with Gabe Capriva, North Tama, um, leads eleven or leads all of the state actually in, in passing yards with over fourteen hundred. And that includes um, you know the the eight player game where where you tend to get a few more yards uh, that way. And you know he said I think it's fifteen to four is his touchdown interception ratio, and then he also leads. North Tama and rushing 
uh, and has another eight rushing touchdowns. So, and that's a team uh, again that that's undefeated and kind of come out of nowhere to to really be a, a very good football team. So, I think we're I think those are four pretty good picks, boys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so honestly. Far. Uh, maybe one more question, and then we'll we'll kind of wrap this up, guys. If you had to look at each class, what do you think, maybe top to bottom, uh, or which team or which class has the most high quality teams? Maybe what class do you think is the toughest? That way, I'd say two A. Two A. I think so. Okay, why is that? Why is that, Jeff? I, I just think it's so deep, and there's there's so many quality teams, uh, especially out west. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about this before: the Spirit Lakes, the Southeast Valleys, the OABCIGs. Those teams out there are, are excellent. Unity, uh, Lyon County Schools. Then you got Williamsburg, Walcott over here. I, I just think that's a really deep field. I think that's a that's really going to be an entertaining class once we get into the postseason. AJ, do you have a do you have a favorite class, so to speak? Boy, I, I mean, I guess right now, um, if maybe not from top to bottom, but certainly one through five, one through six, um, I I go with one A. Uh, okay. When you're looking at Van Meter, Underwood, Regina, Sigourney, Kyoto, you know, in the top four spots in our in our rankings, or at least mine. Um, I, I think that's uh, those are four pretty, uh, pretty amazing teams. Uh, you know, you look at Dyersville Beckman um, and what they're building up to. Uh, you know, you got West Sioux in there and Dyke New Hartford. Uh, Columbus is a top 10 team. So we'll see more of what Columbus and Beckman have to offer when they play each other. I just, I just think 1A uh, for that level has a lot of uh, uh, talented teams that, uh, could come out on top. Yeah, that's probably that's probably where I would I would go to KJ. I kind of agree with you, but uh, I get Jeff's point about um, you know about uh, just the the equality of all the teams because they keep beating up on each other in in two A and uh, you know how about eight players? Well, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm trying to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve teams that are that are undefeated in eight man right now. Um, that seems like a real high number to me. So I think maybe the quality and A players has been pretty good. Um, you know, I think you can look at the top of 3A and, and say – or 4A, excuse me, and, and say that's a pretty good class as well. Um, you know, 3A as well. Uh, you know, when, when I think you look at um, – what do you have? Six teams that are undefeated. You have your Harlands, your BHRBs, which have just rolled – They've rolled through the regular season so far. Humboldt's been a real nice uh, surprise. Independence, as KJ talked about earlier. Solon, we know, is, is a terrific football team. Nevada is 5-0 and as well. So, um, And West Delaware, we haven't talked about West Delaware, 4-1. and uh, That's a really good football team. Davenport Assumption uh, is, at 3-2 is, is a really good football team. So, um, you know, I might change my mind. I might go 3-A. How about that? So, uh but there is a lot, and it's good to see. And maybe this is, and maybe maybe this has come about because of the added class. What do you think, guys? I don't know. 
it, it certainly could be a be a reason why you know some of those teams uh, are together. You know, uh, isn't that what it's supposed to do when uh, creating that yeah. added class to to be able to get uh, good competitive uh, class yeah. together, right? Um, yeah, kind of separate those uh, those teams that maybe can't compete in a class above or or whatever, um, just because of size and everything like that. I think that's maybe a by that could be a byproduct of it, and and maybe one of the things that adding another class was meant to do. Hey guys, if you have to pick right now through week five through five weeks. Which team and which class? Just pick one team from any class. Are you most confident that's going to win a state championship at this point? Oh wow! Um, I go North Scott. Yeah, and you've seen North Scott, so. Uh, yeah. I just like their defense so much, and and a couple other playmakers that, and. Uh, even though it's just a 12 point game with Xavier, I thought uh, it was, I thought North Scott was in control the whole time. So that's one team that I guess I'm confident on at this point. JJ? Man, that's, that's tough. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I just think, I think Southeast Polk, uh, I'm really going to go with Southeast Polk because I think, the loss that it had was to, um, you know, without one of his top players, as we've talked about. Um, I am very confident that Southeast Polk is going to somehow negotiate its way through the the gauntlet of Central Iowa in the playoffs and uh, prove that uh, maybe Central Iowa is, is still a little bit superior. Um, so that might be a little off the wall pick, but um, that's what I'm going with. Jeff, how about you? I think I say a meter. I think they're a meter. Good call. Heads and tails above everybody in one at this point. Yeah, man, meter is, is um, been just outstanding. Uh, beating up teams in, in higher classes uh, that are good football teams. Um, that's that's a good call, Jeff. Can I change mine? Sure. No. Sure. <laughs> I'll tell you, Williamsburg's twenty to nothing lost to Van Meter. Doesn't look that bad. Right. Right, that's exactly right, and uh, yeah, Van Meter might be it. I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at the, the scores here, Jeff. Uh, you you've changed my mind here. Uh, Earlham, which is only loss, forty two to nothing. Van Meter wins twenty to nothing. Williamsburg, uh, Winterset is a one loss team. That's to Van Meter, twenty eight to thirteen. I mean, those are all. And and now the last two weeks they've won seventy seven to nothing and seventy to nothing. Uh, so they're beating up teams in the, in higher classes. So yeah, yeah that all right. Yeah, Van Meter. It's got to be the Van Meter. So, all right, where are you going to be at Friday night, boys? Tell us. Uh, so oh, hey, before we get into that, yeah, uh, can we play a little bit of uh, Who's Got More? Go for it. Test you guys just a little bit. We haven't done that yet this year. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to start out. Uh, uh, a little, a little simple here. Uh, who has more Marcus Beatty all purpose yards 
or Gabe Capriva passing yards. I am gonna say it's fourteen. It's fourteen. It's fourteen. Uh, I think that uh, Marcus has more all-purpose yards. Okay. Lenny? Yeah, I think Beatty as well. Marcus Beatty has 1,387 all-purpose yards. Oh, so it's Capriva. Dave Capriva, 1,458. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's put up some some good numbers uh, there as well. Uh, we've talked about, uh, joked about uh, walk-on a little bit. Uh, you know, they seem to be a two-point uh, conversion team. Who has more, walk-on uh, PATs or Starmont fumble recoveries? <laughs> I'm going to go with Starmont Fumble Recoveries. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go the other direction. I'll go with Wakan PATs. Okay. Starmont has, is, is one of the leaders, uh, top five in Fumble Recoveries with 11. But Wakan is 15 of 18 for uh, PA attempts. So, uh I don't know if I've ever seen Wakan uh, here in recent years with that many uh, point after attempts, <laughs> but you know, that's uh, two point you. Okay. Uh, here's another one, uh, which is more Sigourney Kyoto passing attempts or Eastern Valley's uh, Connor Groover touchdown passes. Yeah, I think he's got more. So you guys are going with Connor Groover passing yep. touchdowns over. Yep. To, you know, of course, we know the spinner back uh, deal, but uh, I was surprised to see this being a higher number. Siri uh, Kyoto's thrown 27 passes this year. Connor Groover, 23 touchdown passes and 26 uh, total touchdowns for Eastern man. Valley. Certainly a great oh. number uh, for Groover, but uh, I didn't expect uh, Sigourney Kyoto to have 27 passing attempts. Oh, and three. Come on. Man, I'm a <laughs> terrible. So this one's, uh, you know, we talked about strength of schedule and, and stuff like that. Uh, whose opponents have more wins Iowa City Liberty or West Des Moines Dowling so their opponents win total okay. I'm trying to think um, Dowling has played who's Dowling played um uh, Jeff, what did you guess? I'm, I'm fairly confident it's Liberty. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think who Dowling has played so far. Uh, I'm going to go with Dowling. Uh, the correct answer is Iowa City Liberty. Uh, Dowling 
Opponents have 28 wins. I believe they're like 28 and 14. Liberties, this is uh, pretty amazing. Uh, their opponent's winning percentage is 733. They're 33 and 12 overall. Liberty wow. has not played one team with a losing record. All five teams they've played are 500 or better. And uh, they're at a 16.8 point uh, differential um, with those opponents. So, like Linder said, if they if they run the table, they're going to face a different caliber opponent maybe here in the coming weeks. They could, they might be a little bit better than uh, what the record kind of uh, shows for them right now, just given that tough strength of schedule that they've had. So, uh, and I will add this because I just did a little research here. Um, you talked about toughest schedule, KJ. When it comes to a winning percentage of opponents, the two worst uh, is our Linmar and Iowa City High. How about that? In 5A. I'm just, gonna, just saying 5A. Uh, Iowa City High's win uh, opponents have a 333 winning percentage, 15 and 30, and Linmar's is 16 and 29. Wow. So and they're both undefeated. And actually, that's, that's all nine opponents still play. Just the five teams they've played already. Okay, oh. there you go. Oh, that's that's a good good thought. And Kennedy is seventeen and twenty eight, also an undefeated team. So um, I don't know. Does it, does that stuff mean anything? Who knows? <laughs> good. You got you got to beat the teams that are on your schedule. That's all I know. So right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tomorrow night, boys. Tell us where you're going to be at. I'll be at Kingston. I I will be at Williamsburg uh, for the uh, Mid Prairie uh, Raider game. Um, follow me at KJ Pilcher on Twitter. And at JT Linder on Twitter and at JEJE66. I will be in the hopping town of Mount Vernon for Mount Vernon and Davenport Assumption. Of course, we'll have uh, other coverage as well. Please check out the Green Gazette because it's awesome. Um, that's online. Uh, check out all of our online coverage. Nathan Ford will be hard at work again tomorrow night, putting together a, a package talking about, uh, you know, video talking about uh, what happens tomorrow night. Gentlemen, I think it's going to be another good night weather-wise. We, we've kind of – we're hitting 100% with that for the most part right now. So yeah, uh, enjoy, enjoy, the, uh, enjoy the games, everyone. Uh, please read us at thegazette.com. Uh, we, we're doing, uh, I think, a tremendous job with, with high school football this fall under kind of adverse circumstances. So uh, check out our work, please, at thegazette.com or uh, iowaprepsports.com or in the, the newspaper itself. Uh, pick up a copy. Thank you for, uh, for uh, following us, guys. Great job, as always. Nathan, thank you. And uh, I'll let KJ take us out with our favorite phrase. Hey! Keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> Let's go!